episode of the Millennial Entrepreneur. My name is Sina. I love following the journeys of other young entrepreneurs. In this episode, I spoke with Zach Williams, the CEO of Career Pass Network, a careers marketplace platform. What's extremely exciting about today's episode, about Zach's story, is that he raised over £500,000 worth of investment for his startup through paying celebrities to read out personalized messages to potential investors through a platform called Cameo. That's amazing. Like that absolutely blew my mind when I came across it on TikTok and I, I had to get him on the podcast. And so we covered how Zach spent 3.5K on Cameo to make personalized videos for potential investors, which turned in over 500,000 pounds worth of investment that he's received so far. And also how using these personalized celebrity videos led to an 85% response rate for cold emails to investors when an average response rate is probably around 5%. If you're lucky, like it's actually incredible the difference that that personalized video made. And lastly, his step-by-step process before using Cameo and after to use the strategy most effectively for your own business when deciding to raise money. There's so many different ways to raise money. The reason why I loved Zach's story is because it's so different. There's so many different ways that you can do, you know, raise money, get people's attention. And this is an amazing one. And so he shares a step-by-step process, what he's learned from doing it a couple times, actually more than a couple times. Um, so if anyone does want to do it at home listening, um, you now have got the tools to do it. I haven't heard of anyone else do this tactic. And so you would definitely be one of the first to do it if you do. Now, this episode is already a little bit long, so I can't do a shout out today. But if you want to shout out in the next episode, please be sure to give a five star written review on Apple Podcasts. And as a thank you, I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Do share with your friends, follow us on LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, Health podcasts grow more than you can imagine. And yeah, let's jump into the episode. Hey, Zach, how are you? Yeah, good seeing you. Nice to meet you. It's so good to have you on the podcast. And I, I think I do owe it to the audience to tell you, to tell them how I came across you. And it's a very different approach. Like I get so many people messaging me on LinkedIn, on Instagram. Some of them even find my email from God knows where, because it's not anywhere on LinkedIn or anything. I don't know how they find it. But anyway, they like to ask to be on the podcast. And like a lot of the times I say no, because they're just not the right fit. I was on TikTok the other day. I came across like what you've done, how you raise money and how you're raising money right now. And I was like, I need to get this guy on the podcast. So <laughs> that's like, I guess I've built it up massively for you guys at home listening, like wherever you are. But yeah, I'm massively excited to talk to you right now, Zach. No, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, that, that's really cool. It's, I always find it amazing how things like that work, like how you came across the video and, and kind of uh, stumbled across it. But I, I really appreciate you you inviting me on here. Real, real uh, privilege to be on here. So thank you. I think like probably the best way to start this, because I know people are like dying to know what it is that caught my attention in the first place. I think <laughs> probably the best thing to talk about is, I guess, like a bit of background on yourself and also what is career parts, your, your business? Yeah, sure. So uh, I am 33 years old now, which is terrifying to think uh, that I'm kind of coming up to mid 30s. But I started what is now career pass uh straight after i left university so a good decade ago um had a couple of years kind of in the wilderness post university and there's, there's a whole story around how i ended up starting the business and uh, i had like a corporate job lined up with accenture uh working in working in london um i studied theology at university um i went i went to durham uh, wrote my dissertation on the meaning of life, which got a uh, 40% overall. Uh, that dragged me down to a 2-2, two, two, 
Accenture uh, rescinded the job offer. I had already spent kind of the like the golden handshake, golden hello, uh, which was kind of like the welcome bonus that they give you. So suddenly, after I graduated, I was uh, quite heavily in debt and um, didn't have a job lined up. So career pass um, was, I guess, like me trying to find my way in the world after having quite a pretty well thought out life plan, um, like at least into my twenties anyway, like moving down to London. I think we, we had like a house we'd found in Clapham, like just saying that, that usual, uh, kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. So ended up back at home, no job kind of in debt as you, as you would expect. And, uh, yeah, start, I did start not know that about you. That's crazy. No, it was, it was a very humbling experience to be honest, because I've, uh, I've not always done the best academically. Um, so I've done, you know, I've done okay, but, uh, I kind of got into Durham, um, with a lot of help and, uh, it was kind of felt really lucky and, and then kind of privileged to be there. Um, and then, yeah, d- again, didn't get the grades and thought, oh, it's okay. I can just, I can just blag my way into a, into a job. Um, and it didn't, didn't happen <laughs> it didn't happen at all at that point which is great um so i originally set up a business called grad touch uh, which was a jobs board designed to help graduates get a job uh, after university and that kind of over the last decade has morphed uh, we've changed our strategy we've acquired five businesses um so far and, and that's kind of how we as an organization are growing now as career pass and what the funding is being used for. Uh, we're using it to acquire other businesses. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've, uh, <laughs> it's career pass is a, a collection of businesses in the, what we call the early careers space. So essentially working with universities to help get, uh, students ready for the world of work uh, and then we've got a couple of different platforms uh, probably our largest platform is graduatejobs.com which is a graduate jobs board um, and yeah that's that's kind of the business in a nutshell that's very cool that's very I did not know about you before with the job offer Accenture and I guess like let's dive into that very quickly how did you kind of like what were you going through mentally at that point? Because it must be really difficult. Like because oh, it was, um, when you finished university, like people were like, you have to have your life together at that point, like pretty much. And it's like, you yeah, did, I, and, like I, everything I, kind of fell through. I kind of yeah got myself into Durham. Don't that, still to this day. That's uh, I mean, there's a whole story behind how I managed to get in, and uh, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you that another day because I could I could be here talking about that for, for hours. Um, but it felt like a real, like it was, it was a, it was a real privilege to be there. And everyone there really just had their, well, I felt like everyone had their stuff to get, like had their life together. Like they knew what they were going to do. Uh, they'd come to university knowing what jobs they wanted to walk into afterwards. And that, that wasn't the background I had come from. Like I felt completely kind of, <clears throat> uh, not quite kind of fish out of water, but I felt very, very, uh i don't know it, it was it was hard to kind of um yeah it's a tr- real tricky period and i think I, I went in not with a huge amount of confidence going into university and then when i managed to get this job that felt that was kind of like a real key stepping stone to what i wanted to do and who i wanted to become and um i'd, I'd always been pretty 
I guess like entrepreneurial. So I'd, I'd run a couple of businesses before I'd started university. Like I think everyone, well, not everyone, but you know, a lot of my entrepreneurial friends have run a t-shirt business. That was like the first thing I did. Um, after that, I got, this is, this is bearing in mind, this was like 2006. Um, so like still the internet was still relatively new. Uh, I'd set up a couple of websites like proxy servers. So it didn't have, didn't have the internet on phone at that point. Um, but in every school there was like in every classroom, there was a computer on the internet. And, um, you couldn't go on any websites because uh like you just get blocked um like you just 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 couldn't get like all the so yeah made a couple of proxy servers which at one point were getting over a million unique visitors a day um which was yeah 2006 2006 yeah 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 so i think uh that nearly got me excluded from school because i at that point didn't know about removing your privacy details from like on the who is database so uh, it was very quickly found out that it was uh, Zach Williams who had set up these uh, set up these servers, and uh, yeah, so that was <laughs> that was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I'd uh, run God, like nightclub events at uni as well, um, which is my so way. When did, you, when did you start? When did you start Career Pass? Career Pass was yeah, 2013. So like two or three years after I'd graduated. So I, I kind of started, and, and it was called Grad Touch back then. Um, before we started acquiring other businesses but that was yeah about 2013 was when we kind of incorporated the company and went serious so like yeah like nine years ago um i'd messed around a little bit before then but yeah it kind of took it's been it's been like a nine-year journey which is and uh and when did you just start to decide to actually start raising some money for it it was i'd never thought about raising money and then uh it this is why I think there's a lot of luck in life and why I feel really lucky and appreciative to even come on and, and kind of talk about the journey is my, the first person who ever wrote a check into our business found out about me by reading an article. I'd, I'd gotten into the Sunday Telegraph and um, the only reason I got into the Sunday Telegraph was because my friend from university was doing like an internship and they had a gap like on in the business section uh, and they were putting like young entrepreneurs in it. And he was like, do you want to be in it? I was like, I, I mean, yeah, sure. Why, why not? So my first investor uh, was flying back from a business trip in India and was reading the Sunday Telegraph uh, and uh, landed in London, picked up the phone and gave me a call immediately and said, are you thinking of raising some investment? And we were like, sorry, is this a scam? Like, who are, who are you? Like this extremely well-educated, well-spoken uh, investor was calling us out of the blue saying, let's talk about an investment. And you were like, I was, we were just kind of, uh, who is this guy? So it was, uh, that, that's when we, that's when we took on the first money. So that's why I took, like, say it was kind of lucky. Like, well, I hadn't even thought about raising money. I didn't even know what it, what it was. Like I knew I'd started this business with an idea of kind of a problem that I wanted to fix. And I was hugely naive, hugely kind of arrogant as well. And, and I lacked humility and just thought I could walk in and just solve all of the world's problems with a website, which was a terrible website. It didn't really function very well back in the day. And then this guy called me out of the blue and said, are you thinking of raising some money? And we went to meet him a few weeks later um, down in London. So I'm, I'm, I'm based in Manchester. 
and that's when uh yeah our first investor started telling me about kind of investing and angel angels and seed rounds and uh yeah that's i mean hugely lucky uh i, th- I think there's a massive amount of luck in in kind of running a business and that was definitely my first break was uh yeah being being page filler in a sun in the sunday telegraph and, and that being the lead that we needed that's a very cool story <laughs> yeah that's a very cool story i i would love to ask about i guess like because before we hit record you were, t- you were telling me about like i guess like different ways that you raise money and the reason why i wanted to get you on the podcast is because so you raise money through a novel way that we'll get onto right now but I guess like what it paints a picture of as a whole is like you can raise money through different ways. You can raise yeah, money yeah. through like yeah. different ways to what they teach you in, I guess, the traditional avenues. Actually, before we jump into that, what is what is Cameo and like where did the idea come from to start yeah. using that as a promotional tool? So um because people uh, might not know what Cameo is. No, yeah. So 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 Cameo is a is a is a platform which you can uh pay celebrities to uh kind of video record a message for you and you can send that message to whoever you want and when we i I didn't have a huge network when we were first starting to raise investment so so a bit of context uh we took on some and fit like the the whole investment world has definitely changed since we took on our first seed investment but we we took we took that on in 2014 we took on 105 grand um and that seemed like life-changing money at that point. And that came via the investor who found out about us on the plane and introduced us to a few people. And then we kind of raised some money locally in and around Manchester a couple of years later. But we we, we didn't really follow a traditional like pre-seed, seed, series A, like kind of uh, tranches. And when we went out in 2019 to start raising some kind of what I would class as like serious money, so seven figure rounds, um, I had no idea uh, like who we were going to reach out to or, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have a network of people that I could, you know, hadn't, hadn't been great at building relationships with people. Hmm. That's so, like VC money, right? Like, yeah, VC that, level, money. that level is like VC money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and and I'd, I'd had some like, the year before and a couple of years before I'd had some really bad VC experiences where, uh, you know, some of them paid off, um, through various different ways, but I'd spent a lot of time coming down from Manchester to London and just getting like rejected day after day. Um, it was quite, quite a, uh, definitely like a humbling experience going through that as well. So this time I kind of thought this is our, this is our strategy. This is how we're trying to grow we're quite unique in the fact that we are buying and acquiring businesses. Um, so we, we have it's a bit of a trend at the moment, but you, you've got like the Amazon FBA aggregators who kind of like Thrasio and there's heroes in, in, in London. So like buy and build acquisitions kind of has become quite a, a VC trend over the last year and a half. But when we started down this path, like it wasn't like a VC hot topic kind of thing. So um, I found a list of the people that I thought I would want to speak to. So I found them on Crunchbase, um, which is a really useful tool, just digging into like which investors have invested into which companies and building out a list from there. Um, I then got their email addresses because it's re- you know really hard to reach out to those people as well. I got their email addresses and mobile numbers in some cases using Rocket Reach, which is like a... a don't know what you'd call it like a business crm so it has loads of people's contacts in there which is really like all my details are in there and i didn't put them in so they're doing a good job um 
and then use Cameo uh, to basically get musicians, um, actors, film stars, you know, whatever it was, um, who the investors I knew were that were fans of them. So I did like kind of hacked my way around it. So I found the list of investors, found them on Twitter because obviously all these investors have a Twitter profile as well uh, because that's where, you know, VC Twitter and all that. Um, found the people on there, did a an advanced search for like TV shows or the word actor or film or what or like sports team. And basically against my like Excel sheet of investors I wanted to speak to, I found like two or three things which they liked or loved so like this is a film they've seen recently or this is a tv show they watch or this is a this is a football team that they support and then i went on cameo and i found actors musicians sports stars who were you know either in those tv shows or part of their favorite football team so you know i found one one investor was a big arsenal fan so uh we got merson on there uh one was a psg fan so we got uh marquee marquinhos i've never say his full name but like psg's captain uh yeah, yeah. marquinhos yeah. yeah so that's my terrible uh pronunciation um who else like so that that was that was kind of that was a tricky bit which was finding people who were kind of i guess they liked loved whatever it was and all that was was an icebreaker so that that was a that was then uh, kind of a tactic I used in, in the emails because I think the emails are all about getting someone's attention. So it was like, you know, the emails were basically like, hey, investor, here's a message from your favorite footballer <laughs> saying why you should speak to me. Um, so like I got I got like uh, some of the some of the videos were, were pretty long. So Gina Torres, who is Jessica Pearson and Suits, um, she did like a really good minute and a half where she basically just was talking to this guy saying Zach's a really cool guy I heard he saved a cat from a burning building at one point um I think you should just speak to him so some some like hyped me up others were like birthday messages um so like you know I got them saying hey I knew it was your birthday a month ago here's some guy saying happy birthday and essentially all it was was an icebreaker um because I'd never spoken to these people before. They hadn't, probably hadn't have heard of me. I definitely hadn't heard of me. Um, so it was just a way of like getting them to read their emails and getting them to like engage meaningfully. And I think the reason why so many of them then had meetings was because of the deck and the business, which was behind that. So kind of there's one thing reaching out to people cold with like some sort of gimmick. Uh, there's kind of, I think the other point is, is having something that they'd be interested in finding out more about. But that was the, plan really it was using cameo getting uh you know i had um like the joe biden guy you know it was like joe biden baby what's up like bing bang like got him uh that was a really bad impression uh got jay from the inbetweeners um yeah i got, saw that one that's yeah. the one on tiktok yeah, yeah 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 i got you know and he called he called this investor like a bus wanker um Sorry, there we go. That was my. I wasn't even swearing myself. I was. I was like. I was like quoting. <laughs> it, still, like, it still counts. It still counts. Yeah. Um. So, the, so Zach, Zach, I, I just have to ask. Like, sorry to interrupt you, no, it's but it's just so. I just to like. I guess sum it up for the audience. Like, what you've done. I. I think it's absolutely amazing because it's such a novel way of getting into the, the. I guess getting the attention of these people. Yeah. So I guess like just to sum it up, you got the information for of the investors from Crunchbase, and you probably looked at like 
other businesses that they invested in similar yeah. to yours. I've, I've heard that process before. And then going to um, that platform, I can't remember the name. No, Rocket, Rocket Reach. Rocket, Rocket Reach, that, yeah. To find information. Again, that's like nothing new. Yeah. People, people teach that all the time. And then go on Twitter to find the icebreaker. I've heard a few people do that before. It's a bit uncommon, that one. But then what you did next, yeah. yeah, what you did next is you went on Cameo, paid, I guess, influencers in whatever area, political, like football, whatever, to, to read a message to them. Yeah. That's, that's the novel bit. That's the bit yeah, where yeah. I've never seen anyone else do. And that's, that's amazing, I guess. Um, and then that acted as the, the icebreaker, but for you, given that, I guess, like how much money did that help you raise? Like yeah, how yeah. impactful was it? Cause it, it sounds like a novel thing. And I like, just to paint the picture, did it actually work? Yeah. So we've up until, so we're raising around at the moment, which is probably going to be, it's going to end up close just under 15 million. So that's kind of the current round that we're raising at the moment. Um, up until this date, we've raised about six and a half, seven million pounds. Um, so it, it's really interesting. Like it's six and a half million pounds from from Cameo, basically. Well, so that, that's through, through different means that you could probably you could probably attribute how much how it. much of it was probably from Cameo, would you say? You know what? I don't again. Again, you don't. You have to attribute no, it to Cameo. That's like, not what I'm saying. I'm just no, saying like the one strategy. Um, I a good the, the good percentage. Um, of the conversations came from there. What, what it ended, what it, what I'll tell you what it was really useful for, which was I had some investor relationships, which I'd been building up over a few years. So a handful of people that I'd got to know really well. And they're the ones that are, are heavily involved at the moment. What the interactions from Cameo did was it, it kind of, one, it provided a channel to new investors uh, who, you know, come to the table but it also gave me like leverage in the conversations and built a bit of hype and a little bit of FOMO and that's something I'd never had before in in like an investment round was oh there's a novel way here that someone's reached out maybe it's worth a look and if he's done this to a lot of other people then there's you know if, if it's piqued my interest then I guarantee that who else he sent it to it would have piqued their interest as well. So I think when we end when we end up closing out this latest round, um, I don't think I, I think it's going to be like less than ten percent is actually going to be cameo related funds, but that um, I think like cameo related and the the return on the investment there as well as Matt. So I think I spent like three and a half grand on cameo, um, around three and a half grand. Uh, so yeah, you kind of do some quick maths there, like ten percent of. 15 ish million it's you know it's a pretty decent return on investment from a spend point of view um but, know, wait let's let's do that man so like you you do three and a half grand on cameo yeah and then you got like how much fit what was the roi would you say well wait waiting to waiting to sign this is this is trying to not jinx anything try, waiting to, to get some term sheets boxed up but it, it might be like yeah it might be like north of half a million so three and a half k on on cameo and then yeah but it like but that's not including that's like pretty crazy. That's not including like the energy and the effort that went into it. No, of course, of course. Of like course. But the, you would, ha you'd have to do that anyway. Like just would, like yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I think that, but but that approach. So even though it might have not only directly correlated to a small part of the round and the financing, it's directly played a part in the overall structure of the deal, and that's because of the, I guess the whether you want to call it competitive tension or, um, you know, bringing other people to the table. Um, 
that's what that's what kind of the biggest win was, I guess, from from that approach. Um, was was yeah, making. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say like FOMO or anything because I don't actually believe that what the stage we're at. There's a huge amount of FOMO going in. So we're we're at the stage now where we're getting EBITDA multiples, not revenue multiples. So it's like a different game to what what we raised the you know the first few hundred thousand pounds on was like oh uh, you know this is where we think our revenue is going to be and this is the valuations and multiple like we're we're like a profitable growth stage business now so our our multiple is a profit of, uh, is it sorry our valuation is a multiple of our EBITDA um so it's a little bit different than kind of the earlier rounds we've done but it's it the thing was it created this sense of like a round going on and that was the biggest uh thing that you know because people saw that they were happening and it was like, Oh, someone, so-and-so has replied to you. And it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, I was speaking to this guy in New York tonight because he got it as well. Um, that's been, that's been the best part of it. Whenever we look at these different like tactics, when it comes to raising money, growth or anything, we always have to look at the ROI of it. And it's clear this wasn't just a gimmick. This actually worked. Like it led to a 3.5K spend on Cameo, led to about 500,000 pounds worth of investment from these investors that it reached out to. Obviously you can't attribute it all to Cameo, but it was that icebreaker. And that icebreaker worked so effectively. And so I wanted to ask him, what did he learn from that process? I found it like a really quite daunting experience reaching out to people you don't know, particularly investors and particularly people who you look, you know, look up to and admire and think they're super successful and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, yeah, it's a real, it's a real, it's a real tricky one. Like, um, just thinking back, so I've completely lost my chain of thought. There. I was just like, oh, it's just like for you, for you, it was for you, it was um, like I guess breaking that ice, which is the most yeah, difficult was, thing. Yeah. Is like you can you can yeah. send loads of emails to investors, and probably like most of them don't even reply to you. So well, I like, guess like hundreds, I've sent hundreds yeah. of emails. Yeah. Would you yeah. say your success rate of like them reaching back out to you, like reach like replying to you, sorry, um, increased dr- dramatically? Yeah. From so, you sending so out from, cameos? I think from the cameos. Um, originally worked out it was like 93 percent i've since sent a couple more cameos i've not had response rates from but it's like north of 85 percent response rate from sending them out that, that is crazy yeah yeah that's crazy yeah. when you actually think think of it because i think it, like a typical one is maybe like 10 percent. Mm. that's if you're like that's if you're lucky right yeah 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 so um that was the best thing about it was it it, it gave me the confidence to have conversations and to yeah you know yeah no it's really good and and i'm kind of in talking to the like our sales teams at the moment to use it in in that like environment as well with like clients that they want to reach out to and, and to get kind of give it a go but um yeah it's I, th- I think honestly it's just finding a different way to get people's attention and that yeah i use cameo i got some i got some you know celebs or whatever to to read something out I think it could be anything Like you could, you could try you know, insert ca- something else instead of cameo videos uh, to get people's attention. Um, but yeah, there is, there is something a little bit cringe about going, Hey, I basically stalked you online and here's a video of your favorite footballer. Like it's a little, it's a little bit like, you know, when you, when you send that, uh, you feel a little bit like, Ooh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I guess so. I, I don't know. Like eighty-five <laughs> percent response rate is pretty yeah, strong. Yeah. So pro- that probably makes, that not. makes me that makes me feel a little bit better. So, yeah. yeah. Do you before before we wrap up the podcast, Zach? Do you recommend this? Are you going to do the strategy in the future? And also, do you recommend it for people listening because it's such a novel way of raising money? The main thing is just standing out. I think the one thing I've learned is that you can't. Sometimes you can't shortcut your way to making good relationships. And I think even though I was saying before I didn't have a huge network, I did have some really good relationships with some of our early investors, and that's been quite a big uh, part of my job over the years is building up those relationships. So you can't shortcut them. Like there's no way to shortcut them, which is a pain at the early days because you want instant traction. The thing with this approach is it allowed me to shortcut some elements of it. So it kind of showed, hey, I've got a bit of a personality and I'm willing to you know, invest some time into knowing why I should speak to you. And these are the reasons why I, you know, I want to speak to you. So it allowed me to shortcut some of the elements. Um, and I think it's as, as an approach would I recommend it? Sure. Would I try something else? Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I just think in an ideal world, you build relationships over a few years with the investors that you want to work with. That's not always the reality. Therefore, creating some sort of uh, interest or excitement or intrigue, and I did it via Cameo, is definitely, you know, people should absolutely do that for sure. What's the key thing they should look out for when doing it, though? I know you said, like, obviously standing out, but I guess, yeah. is there any, like, key learning that you got from from your experience doing it, like, that you can pass on before we wrap up? Yes, you need to speak to a lot of people to find the investors that are right for you. But I think being super targeted in the types of funds you want to speak to, uh, particularly from a VC world, and why you want to speak to them and tell them that's why. I think I think articulating that clearly in the email or whatever the introduction is, is absolutely key. Like. Here, this is me and this is why I want to speak to you and this is why I think we should have a conversation. Fantastic. I think that would work. I know you targeted VCs with that approach with, with the cameos, right? Like, I think it would work extremely well for angels. I think it would probably yeah, work definitely. I, I, for I, angels. I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that would be quite a big ego boost for some people as well to have a, a message that personalized. And I don't mean ego boost in a bad way either. I think it's kind of like these are people who are contacted and uh, messaged day in, day out with people asking for their money. And I think if you just take a little bit of time to send something personalized, that that goes a a really long way um, in those initial conversations. Yeah. Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast and I've learned so much much myself. So I hope the people listening have have learned a lot too. I'm sure people want to like stay in touch, see what other like novel things that you're getting up to with raising money. (laughs) And obviously like when the, when the fund like closes, I think you'll obviously like do a post about it, talk about it. So how can people stay in touch with you and what you're doing? People can feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, just Zach Williams. Um, But you know, if if we go back to the beginning, probably, uh, and I need the followers, if people want to follow me on on TikTok, it's uh, POV. Zach W. Um, people can find my uh, daily musings of, of being a, an, an entrepreneur, business owner on there. So yeah. It's good. That's how I found you. So yeah. recommended <laughs> from me. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming yeah. on the podcast. I'm sure we'll speak very soon. Thanks really so much. appreciate it. Cheers, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur. It's amazing talking with Zach and I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. I absolutely loved it. It opened my eyes so much to, I guess, the different ways you can raise money. Out of interest, if you do actually use this tactic, please let me know because I'm really interested to see how people get along with doing it. Um, I've not heard anyone else do this, as I said at the beginning of the episode, so please do let me know. 
It's very cool. And if you do do it successfully or not successfully, I'll get you on the podcast because I think it's such a cool tactic. And I, yeah, I want to celebrate that. Thanks so much for listening again. Leave a five-star written review if you did enjoy on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Thank you so much.